Hey, this is Stephen, and I want to welcome you or welcome you back to the Grove Church Podcast. For more information or to find more resources like this one, be sure to visit us at grove.org. Thanks for listening, and I hope the following message is encouraging and meaningful to your life. Welcome back to week two. We are in week two of a sermon series we're calling School of Rock, Lessons for Music, Lessons for Life. We have been talking about how there's so many lessons to learn from the music that we experience in our everyday life. Music is such a prevalent part of our lives. It's uh, the soundtrack literally to when we go into stores, to when we're watching movies. And there's some really good lessons to learn from it. Even if you are uh, not a super music fan like me, or if you're a super music fan like Stephen and Michael, um, there's still things to learn from it. So last week we talked about this idea of uh, freedom that leads to or comes from discipline, right? Um, And this week we're kind of talking with Michael, our resident music expert, about what other lessons we can learn from music. So what have you been thinking about this week? in terms of why music uh, and how music is teaching us? So there's so many. There's so many to to choose from, but I think that one that's that's personal to me is own your own voice. Okay. Uh, You know, as a singer, like singing, singing is a, is a vulnerable kind of a thing because you can, you can kind of, you can train your voice to, to be strong. You can, you can work on your vocal range, but you, you never really will sound like anybody but yourself. And when you're starting off as a singer, that's kind of, that's hard to deal with because like you said, we're so familiar with music and we know what sounds good. So we find ourselves trying to sound like other people. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's partly because A, you don't know how to sound like yourself, but B, it's like, you don't want to sound like yourself. (laughs) It's like, have you ever heard your voice when you leave a voicemail? (laughs) Like if you hear your voicemail played back that you actually left and you're like, I sound like that. Right. That's it's it's a hard thing to to kind of deal with and live with. But I found that once you do, it's kind of like the scales from last week. It's once you've once you found that and once you know how to live into that, then you really know how to create and and be yourself. And by being yourself, you can you're at the top of your game in terms of your creativity. Yeah. Do you think you're there like right now? Like have you gotten to a place in your life and like music career where you are like like you have uh, like rested in like your voice and what it sounds like, or do you find yourself still tempted to like try to sound like other people? I feel I feel super comfortable knowing what I I've always thought like if if you understand what you're what you don't do, mm. that allows you, you just you know like know take that, it off the table take it of. off the table and then mm. you own like what your voice is. And the funny thing is is that yes, I'm super comfortable knowing you know where I sit. The vocal range. I know that as a singer, like there are just people who can sing a menu, and it sounds just amazing, right? It's just like just whatever. You know? Stop it! Don't embarrass me. Don't embarrass me. <laughs> we'll have you sing later. Yeah. Benediction. Um, but but knowing, like I know my limitations and I know my voice. But when you know that, you can actually start to play around and imitate. Like you can you can play games with imitating certain people that you like. So you can take a phrase and, and in your mind you're thinking, okay, this is me, you know, pretending to be Sinatra or, you know, right. or something something like that, yeah. right? So absolutely. So tell me a little bit about how that journey started. Like how, what did it look like 
when you came out of college and you went to London and you went to the school of music and you're starting to own this music identity for yourself and own this kind of journey that you eventually took to become an artist. What did it look like when you were trying to find your voice? Well, I, I will say that um, in music, the temptation to compare yourself is just so, so oh, super imagine. strong. Yeah. And it's not just comparing yourself to famous artists. Mm -hmm. It's comparing yourself to your, your colleagues, like people, because you mentioned in music school, and as you said that, yeah. I'm reminded like of all these people that were there, and you know that this person just, just can play like, just, you know, like crazy, play guitar. Yeah. This person just a great singer. This person has stage presence. Like it's so easy to them. And so, you know, the pull to, to want to be and to, and to like somebody else is, is very, very strong. So I think that, you know, when you're create when you're learning the craft, if you're given the instruction to like, you're pushed to, to, to be yourself, that helps, right? You can, when there's room for growth, when there's room, when you don't have the pressure of, or that self-imposed pressure of like, you gotta be this, you gotta be that. So one of the things that we had to do in music school was kind of every Friday, it was, you have to write a song. You, you have to write a song and you perform it on Friday wow. in front of everybody. Like that was a weekly thing. How many weeks did it take before you didn't want to throw up before yeah. that exercise? Well, but see the thing for me, by that point, I had been singing in church for forever. Uh, and right. so for me, it was a thing at 10, 11, 12 years old. It's like, you're singing a special song for the Sunday evening service. That's when I wanted to throw up, you know, because it's yeah. like, you're a kid. I was a kid. Yeah. And, um, and, but I'm grateful for that for, for many reasons, right? Um, there's, there's a spiritual component as far as using your gifts for God, but, but it trained me. So by the time I got to, to music school, okay. it was, I mean, you still got, old hat. Yeah. well, I mean, it wasn't you know, exactly <laughs> old hat, but you, you got, you were used to it. The, the scary thing was, was that like, oh, there's that great singer over there. And, wow. and, and like, you know, all that kind of a thing. But through that process of experimentation, it's like you got to write a song. When you have to do something consistently like that, you figure out really, really fast. If you want to be successful, it's like, okay, the one person you don't want to have to battle is yourself, mm. right? You've got, that's the one thing that you can control. Mm. There's a lot of externalities that you cannot control. Yeah. The one thing that you can control is the battle that you're fighting within yourself. Um, and then you realize like, okay, I have this strength. I have this in me. Mm -hmm. Let me use it and let me learn it to the best of its ability. Right. So that's kind of how I started to get, you know, comfortable. Um, but you can still use, you know, examples that you emulate people that, you know, that you can kind of take from. So who so, are, so who are okay. your examples? So there's many. So I'm going to pull over here to the soundboard. And so, okay. Right before I went to London, uh, I, I, played, I played in a worship band, and I was like the youngest guy. I was like 21, 22, and the rest of the band were like, they're probably like, the guys were my age now. They were like, you know, mid-40s, early 40s. Old. Uh, yeah, old. <laughs> I'm Just old. kidding. I'm old. Um, and so they, they, these guys were all classic rock guys. These guys were... Uh, and the drummer in particular just loved like funk R&B music. Okay. And that's, I just went through a whole period where I'm like, it's like, you know, Parliament, Funkadelic, and all those bands, right? So one of the bands was Cool in the Gang. And Cool in the Gang, there was a singer, his name is JT Taylor. 
and I'll just play you a sample. And you, this is who you wanted to sound I like? I wanted to sound like, like this. This is awesome. I just wanna do it if you really don't wanna dance by standing on the wall. About to start a dance party in here. What was it about? What, what did you want to emulate in, with this? The, he, his voice was so like smooth and he had this like really smooth tone to it, right? It wasn't a brash voice. It wasn't, it, it, you know, wasn't in your face. It just sounded cool. That's just what it sounded, right? And I knew that I didn't have a, a, a brash tone. I just didn't have his register to go down. Like he, uh, he could hit I those see. lower yeah. notes. Um, but he was, yeah, that was just one of those examples that just, oh, I wanted to sound like that. And how did you, so how did you move from a place of being like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm pursuing this and I want to sound like this to a place where you started to own your own voice a little bit more? Well, it, because as you, when you start to really, really listen to music, and that, this is the thing, the music exists in this very like uh, surface level where we all know it, we all hear it, we hear it yes. in the grocery stores, um, you know, at parties, whatever. But then as you're starting to really, really listen to it, you figure out that there's all these people involved in the production of music and there's all this stuff that goes into it. When you're at that level of, of looking at music, you start to realize, oh, there are some unique voices. There are some voices that have become famous because they don't sound like anybody, anybody else. Mm. Even though they're not like objectively good, they're just unique. Right. And so the value is in the uniqueness. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and not just the uniqueness, it's that they're owning their uniqueness. Mm. Like they're actually yes. using it. It's not like, oh, here's my voice, uh, I hope you don't mind. Uh -huh. It's like, no, here's my voice. Yeah. This is what it is. Mm. This is what I you know, do. Yeah. So I'll play you some examples. Okay. Yeah, of, go okay. For it. All right. So. Let's just take this, uh, let's go back here a little bit. Uh, I see trees of green. Right. Red right. I see them blue. It stands out so much. That's yeah. what you hear. Not a lot of voices like Louie. But, but to be, like, to be honest, right, if someone heard that objectively to your point, like, it was like, yes, this is a stellar voice. And it's really like that would not be the evaluation, right? You'd be like, oh, it's too raspy or a little it's froggy. Too... Yes. Yeah, it doesn't yes. it, like success would not be. I'm the sure word. there was criticism in the day of there his voice. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And that's kind of like the funny story with a lot of these people is that they run into so many obstacles by the people who know better, right? Mm -hmm. And it's and it's their determination to just continually be themselves. So here's here's another example. Uh, let's make sure this is muted. Sounds like he sounds whiny. Uh huh. <laughs> you know, nasally. Yeah. It, it took me a long time to learn to like Neil Young. Yes, the same here. Like it wasn't until later that I really appreciated. Yeah. You know, that that. It come on back next. Like right. maybe he's a part of like you know Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Like maybe then, but like by himself, I was like, yeah, pass. Right. But he was, you know, he Neil Young is interesting because he, you know, he he had success in the late '60s and early 70s, and then, uh, you know, he wasn't as popular late 70s, and then early 80s, he's come, he comes back into, into the popular knowledge. And he said something interesting because people would tell him, 
oh, you've, you've come back. You've come back. Yeah. And, he, and he, he made a point to say, no, I never went away. I was here. You guys are the ones who went away. Y'all fall. I'm still being myself. I see. And if you stay he was by consistent. Your, so he you're fell consistent. out of vogue. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. But it's like he didn't. Well, it's like he he didn't fall out of vogue. It's like it's like okay, you're maybe what? you're looking at something, it but I'm still on. here. Yeah. I'm still doing my thing. Mm. And then they came back to see like, oh, what are you doing now? I'm still doing my thing. Yeah. And because he was true to himself. Gosh, yeah. that's right. such a good lesson, right? And that right. and like that consistency and that determination to be to be true to everything that you've been gifted with, right? Absolutely. And just continue to make music, because he continued to make music during that time, right? Yes. So, like, continue to make music, continue to, like, contribute to the world in the way that you want to contribute to the world, regardless of whether there's attention on you. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Regardless of when, of when the, the rewards come, yes. they will come yeah. as long as you're there, mm. right? So here's another example. It's a hero of mine. She does her own harmony there on her song. So, I mean, Dolly's the epitome of just she's doing her own thing mm. and she did it in an era and in an industry where maybe it would have been it was it was tough for for a woman to sure. to do it and she did it and she owns it in her voice um there's a story so the guitar intro on that song that's her playing right. oh. that's her playing it because the session guy the nashville session guy couldn't do it exactly the way that she knew it was supposed to be so she, she just said all right i'm gonna do this yeah i'm gonna yeah so. It's, it's so interesting, too, because thinking about the combination of gifts of those three singers, right, and, like, what they offered, it wasn't just their voice, right? Like, there was other things like songwriting skills or other things that they brought to the table that allowed, that they owned, you know, in completion, and that's what allowed them to be successful. It, it, it was this complete ownership. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yeah. And yeah. I wonder, Michael, we've talked about this before, like, how much some of that has been lost over time, right? Um, yeah. So I was thinking when I was finding examples, when I was trying to look for examples, uh, it, was, it was easier to find more unique voices from decades ago. Mm -hmm. In the modern day, it's harder to find unique singers um, because everybody kind of sounds the same. Yeah. So I think maybe there's room and there's space for maybe finding new singers who are doing their own thing again. Right. Yeah. And who are owning not just again like their vocal ability, but all of the gifts that they that they're bringing to the table musically. Do you right. know what I mean? And the freedom to do that, which maybe sure. is more limited in right. the recording yeah. industry today. Well, um, all of this I think is so directly tied into just our normal experience of life. I'm not a musician. I'm not a singer. But that that inclination to see success and want to emulate it in whatever industry you're in, whether that's job or family, like there is this compulsion in us to look at the world and think, well, if I just did it more like them, mm -hmm. if I was like that law office, or if I had that um, Instagram account, or if I, if I just molded myself a little bit more like them, then maybe, maybe I would be successful, maybe I would yeah. get what I wanted, maybe I would, whatever, fill in that blank. Sure. It can be whatever it was. But mm -hmm. that tendency to look to your left 
and your right to compare. Um, and to, that is your starting point, I think, is a very natural place in life, right? That's right. what um, adolescence is completely about, if, sure. any, if yeah. anyone has. Yeah, because uh, you want to look like all your friends yes. and dress like all your friends. and You just want to look and, like, right. figure out what's supposed to be normal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and you don't get to this process of owning who you are, and usually until later in life, but it's yeah. ironically through owning your voice and owning your giftedness that you get to the place where you are now musically, mm -hmm. right? Which mm -hmm. is really living into that giftedness and, and actually finding contribution in the world. Yeah. And I, I don't think that it is a coincidence that in scripture, um, this idea of uniqueness is referred to over and over and over again, right? Then there's so many beautiful verses um, that speak to this idea of God having crafted each each individual person. Mm -hmm. Like you were knit together in, in your mother's womb um, from Psalm 139 or in Matthew that uh, God knows the numbers of hairs on your head or mm -hmm. in Ephesians that you are God's handiwork, like you are literally God's creation. Um, and it's this theme that's repeated over and over and over yeah. again. And I think it's so interesting because it's repeated in a world and in a time period um, where individualism wasn't as glorified as it is now. Yeah. Um, and yet, and yet the, the authors of scripture still want to, to make that point that God did create each, each person individually mm -hmm. with their own gifts. And so I was looking through, um, through Paul's letters, actually, uh, in Romans, uh, Romans 12. So bear with me because it doesn't seem like it relates, but I promise it does. So Romans is a letter that... Paul writes to the church in Rome, and it, essentially it's kind of his, you know, great work at the end of his life, explaining a lot of theology of Christianity, but also just practical advice, like how, mm -hmm. how, how are you guys going to live together, mm -hmm. um, and how are you going to make this whole, what will become Christianity thing work? And so he says to them, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, you not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment so that we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members one of another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry, the giver, and cheerfulness. And then he ends there. And I, I love how this, this whole section starts, because often we do talk about Paul as like um, describing the church as a body, right? Yeah. That we're all members that are contributing. Mm -hmm. um, but it starts in this place of using our bodies or our gifts or whatever God has literally given us, whatever yeah. God has crafted and the wholeness of that creation as a living sacrifice for God. Um, and when you talk about music, when you talk about using our giftedness and fully owning, the word that keeps coming up with for me when you talk about it is this idea of fully or completely or owning all of your voice, right? Not just like this one particular element that I want to emulate or this one thing I think I do well. Like it's yeah. this idea of like to be a successful artist, to create like beautiful music that you're proud of and that contributes to the world. Mm -hmm. You have to own 
all of it, all of your gifts. Right. Well, and even like success, not even defined as like commercially necessarily, right. or like advancement, or you know, you make the most or win the most or you know whatever it is. It's success is defined by um, like an ownership of like contentment and like security in who you are. Right. And, and I think that is kind of what we talked about last week. Is that all of these concepts and ideas that we have in our mind, freedom, success they all get redefined for you and, mm-hmm. and, and brought into a more fuller meaning, mm-hmm. right? Um, to where, yeah, as an artist, you know, success can look like fame, but not always, right? right. And, and then you might find out that fame's not all what it's cracked up sure. to be, right? I mean, it's like, like you're led to the right kinds of yeah. success. Yeah, I mean, cause you've got to imagine, I mean, just to pick on Hollywood for a second, you know, people who play other people and pretend to be other people for a living. Yes. Like, I, I could imagine that there's some category or population of them who are successful by every measure and metric, mm-hmm. you know, as defined by the world, but like, who don't really maybe know who they are. Right. Um, and don't have any sense of understanding of their own identity because it's constantly in leverage towards mimicking or imitating somebody else. And it- yeah. I mean, we do this in our day, everyday life, so it's not just Hollywood does this, but every, all the time we do this. And I think that's what Paul is mentioning here, right? Like, the, And that's why that verse, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, is right before this idea of the body or this idea of giftedness, right? Is yeah. that the patterns of the world to me, one of them, there's many, but one of them is this need to compare or this need to drive for success or to need to define success by the world standards. And Paul's saying, no, like that is a dead end. Like you'll be in a place where you won't be fulfilled. Instead, yeah. you, there's freedom, there's an ability to find meaning, but you have to redefine what your definition of success is. You can't be conformed to the patterns of this world. Yeah, I mean, in a previous life, I was a youth minister, and so for <laughs> six years, like, this was probably one of the biggest things that I would see, like, you know, teenagers, middle schoolers, yeah. high schoolers struggling with is, like, the weight and, like, the suffocating nature of wanting to be, like, whoever or who, whomever was most popular. You know, the kids who had the whatever that you wanted, whether it was a place on the sports team or the chair in the, you know, in the band or the orchestra or choir or the friend group or the attention of, you know, a certain boy or a certain girl, you know. And so everybody would want to be like a certain set number of people. And all you would be able to identify kind of to your point earlier, Michael, is all of the ways that you weren't. You know, so you would measure and be like, oh, very little of me overlaps with them. or And so all you would see is your perceived deficits. Right. Yes. Um, and then, you know, the hope is that you're able to see past that eventually and recognize that the things that maybe distinguish you from others are perhaps your best qualities. Yeah. Or, you know, your most, you know, yeah. admirable qualities or traits or aspects. Well, and Ali, you mentioned about how this happens in adolescence, right? And how you become aware of all these things, right? Yeah. But it wasn't always that way. As, 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 a, as a child... And children, they don't have that sense of awareness. And I'm always struck so much about when Jesus talks about having the heart of a, of a child, that unless you're like a child, you won't enter the kingdom of heaven. And I, you know, initially I thought, I was like, oh, you, you have to be innocent and sweet. And it's like, no, think about what a child is. Children are curious. They explore. They're determined. They're, they can be stubborn. They, can, they have this, there's a spirit there that they're, 
they're innately aware of that there's a world to explore and that there's something that I can bring to it. Yeah. And it's in, when adolescence comes along, it's where we start, oh my goodness, there's all these kind of social stuff. Yeah, they get whacked place, on right? enough that they stop. Right. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think that that's similar to what Jesus is talking about in that sense that there, you have to retain that spirit that that is to a degree certain measure of innocence, but it, yeah. it's, it's that spirit that allows you to own your own voice. Yeah. Um, you know, I've always thought it's funny. It's, you know, it, for people who are young artists who are coming up, it's like, you know, someone gets up on a stage and wants to write their own, sing their own song. It's like saying, you know, I know there was Mozart before, and I know there was Paul McCartney, I know Taylor Swift came before, but I want you to hear my song. You know, that, that, that is a childlike spirit. Mm -hmm. There's a courage there um, that comes with owning your own voice. And a confidence, yeah. a confidence yeah. of believing that you have something to give, that you have something yeah. to contribute. And I, I think that is, that is what scripture speaks to like over and over again is that yes you do have something to contribute like mm -hmm. god god inherently knew that you had something to contribute that's why he took the time making you and crafting you and that's why we use words like god's handiwork or god knitting you together in, in your mother's womb is this idea of god has created you to contribute to something yeah. um and hopefully this larger story of of jesus's work and the work that we have to do in the world yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for, again, a great conversation. Thank uh, thanks for joining us and talking a little bit more about how music contributes. And I, I hope and I pray as you're listening to these conversations that elements of these conversations may appear in your life, that as you're going about your week, that you may start to notice these themes that are coming up in your life, the lessons that music can teach us and how they inform the rest of our lives. And my prayer, our prayer for you this week is that you can start to have that confidence that you do have something to contribute um, and that the pathway forward is by owning that voice and completion of what that means for you, wherever those gifts are for you, that you can own that voice entirely the way that God um, designed you uh, to own it. So let's, I'll pray for our time together and we'll close out. God who is creator, God who knit us together in our mother's womb, God who counts the hairs on our head, God who knows what we have to contribute to the world and who is cheering us on in the background. God, we're so thankful for your presence in our lives. We're thankful for the lessons that we get to learn along the way. We pray that we may be good stewards of those lessons, both in our own lives and for the people around us that we have to teach. We pray for this week ahead that you may be present and uh, that we may feel you moving in our lives this week. It is in your name that we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks again for listening. If you live in the Dallas area, we would love for you to visit us. For directions, service times, and more info, visit us at grove.org.